Welcome to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we help online coaches learn how to elevate their brand, become the experts in their industries, so they can bring in more clients and create a life they want. I am your host, Chris Anderson. And if you want to make a difference in the lives of others, share this episode, go over to Apple Podcasts and follow us there to leave a positive rating and review, and together we can leave a bigger positive mark on the world. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I'm Chris Anderson, your host. And like always, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, it's going to be another good one and a topic a lot of people should be thinking about if they're not, and that's retirement or that's, you know, where are you going with your business and with your investments and with your life? And so we got a great guest on the show today, Matt Franklin. He is a he is also a podcast host uh, himself called the Rogue Retirement Lounge. So make sure you check his show out for sure. Uh, but he's on a mission to help entrepreneurs like yourselves uh, and self-employed people develop retirement strategies so that they won't have to work into their 70s. So uh, what we're all hopefully striving to do, we don't want to work forever. We want to enjoy things. And so super excited to have Matt on Elevate Your Brand today. Matt, thanks for being here. Chris, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to yeah, this. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to it too. I'm gonna I'm gonna be taking notes so I can learn some from you. So it's gonna be good. Um, awesome. Yeah. Before we kind of dive into what that looks like to create, you know, that end goal of of support financially, um, tell tell everybody just a little bit about you. What got you into you know the Rogue Retirement Lounge and talking about this topic? Okay. Yeah, I've been uh, self employed since 2006. Um, real quick, I became self-employed because I was, uh, working in the corporate world doing marketing. And in the spring of 2006, uh, Google made an announcement that they were going to buy this little, uh, website called YouTube <laughs> for one point, I think at the time, $1.65 billion. And I thought, and this was at the time, most of us like had like a DSL connection and it was <laughs> impossible to watch video at home. You know, you'd watch, you'd, you'd watch the NCAA tournament at work, <laughs> you know, on your machine. Um, but when I saw that announcement, I was like, wait, you know, video is going to be a big thing. So I went and I, I, I gave my boss 60 days notice and I said, I'm going to start a video production company. And um, that's what I did in 2006. And I've been doing that ever since. Awesome. And um, that was kind of my I had never really run my own business. It was all brand new to me. And um, also in the meantime, I also do some product development. Uh, and a buddy of mine and I invented a product that got us on Shark Tank in season four. Uh, which was a lot of fun. So I'm I'm very entrepreneurial, and um, in the process of running my businesses, I have determined that I uh, at 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 one point was not adequately saving for retirement, and then sort of started investing, sort of started buying real estate, sort of started buying stocks, and then sort of started becoming obsessed with it. And then uh, during the uh, the pandemic, I became super obsessed with it because I had a whole lot of time on my hands. And that's when I started my goofy little podcast, The Rogue Retirement Lounge. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. I'm, I'm really excited to, like I said, talk about this because I've been, you know, trying to expand just our por portfolio as a family uh, into real estate and stocks more, especially the time we're in right now. Is, I mean, this is being recorded, you know, July, early July, 2022. Um, yep. And so like, I'm trying to learn all the ins and outs, especially in the real estate market of, of rentals and things of that nature. Uh, so, I'm just, and I'm sure there's more to everything kind of preparing for this. So I'm, I'm excited just to say, or nonetheless, I guess. Um, cool. So, but yeah, I guess where do we start? So where do we even start when, I mean, as an entrepreneur to think about planning long-term financially? 
Well, you know, I tell people that when you start your business, you should actually start two businesses. Start that business, but also start your second business, which is your retirement business. And and I know, believe me, I know I, I am in a feast or famine business myself where there are months when the, the cash flow is great and then there are months when nothing is happening. And so it makes it, whereas when, when you have a normal job, it's really easy to, to put money into your 401k. I mean, you start out, you know, like they'll match you up to 6%. It's easy. You check a couple of boxes. You decide how aggressive you want to uh, have your, in, uh, your investments be, and then you're done. And then you just wait. And like the, the guy who was my boss that I, uh, when I quit my job in 2006, we're still friends. And he he's got like a lot of money in his 401k and he's never had to even think about it. Yeah. He just got this job 20 years ago, set it up to get put 9% in. And now he's, I mean, he's got to be a multimillionaire now. And so it's, it's not that easy when you're an entrepreneur. So right. setting up that idea of even if you can only do 10 bucks a month when you're first starting your business, get in that little habit of paying yourself first, mm -hmm. paying yourself a little bit on the top. And that's, and this is not an original thought. There's a whole book called pay yourself first. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's David Bach. Um, but the whole idea is that you just start putting that money away and get in that habit. And then as your business grows, hopefully you can have the discipline to increase that amount. And it's really super easy to, mm -hmm. that's what I found is that it took me 10 minutes to start an E-Trade account yep. when I was, when I was uh, first on my own, you can buy fractional bitty bits of mutual funds for very low amounts, or you can buy ETFs for even lower amounts. And, um, it, it's not hard. Mm -hmm. It really isn't hard because those, you know, ETFs and mutual funds and things, those are, are they fairly, again, I'm, I'm novice in this aspect of things. They're fairly sure. recession proof. They, I mean, nothing's, I mean, no, but unfortunately, okay. no, do they get, so and, they get hit hard then probably by if, if they had a lot of money in it with everything that happened in pandemic and, and whatnot in this recession and things when going down, did that affect people's retirement then? Are they able to absolutely, get back? Absolutely. Are they able to get back to the level that they planned to be at? Well, that kind of depends. Cause what happens to a lot of people is, I mean, we're down the, depending on, on which markets you're mm -hmm. in, a lot of people are down 30% this year. Okay, yeah. Some people are down more. Mm -hmm. If you're in cryptocurrencies, right. you're down way more. Yeah. But ultimately, the people who don't or who aren't able to make it back up mm -hmm. are the ones who sell at the bottom, who panic sell. Yep. You know, like, oh, no, I've already lost 30%. I better sell now. Yeah. And you're basically, by doing that, you're locking in your losses. Gotcha. So, but to answer your first question, no, ETFs and mutual funds are not inflation or not recession proof. Right. Um, there are categories like, for instance, if you would have, if you would have thought ahead, okay, like in February, Russia is going to war with Ukraine. Both Russia and Ukraine are big exporters of food. Mm -hmm. Russia is a huge exporter of energy yep. and commodities. So if you would have seen the future and thought, okay, this war could last for a long time and really interrupt um, the uh, commodity uh, workflow and um, just basically the global commodity trade, yeah. you could have bought 
commodity mutual funds that are exploding right now. Okay. Um, so if you are an active trader, you can kind of trade through this. But again, most people don't have the time, inclination, or, or knowledge base right. to do that, those kind of trades. Yeah, for sure. So, so I mean, say so you have stocks. Say if you're not like the the trader, uh, just to sit to sit on the long term stocks and maybe acquire more during this time is probably a smart move. That's what everyone will tell you based uh -huh. on the history of the markets. Right. Okay. What you do is you buy the dip, mm -hmm. you dollar cost average your way in, and dollar cost averaging essentially means that you are putting a little bit in at regular intervals. Okay. So whether it means that every month you're putting in $100 or every week you're putting in 1000 mm -hmm. or every two months you're putting in 500 whatever the amount is, the, the idea is that if you're constantly or regularly putting that money in, that helps you to weather these downturns because today you're buying your equities and your mutual funds and all those on sale. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So, and, and, and these are all hefty topics we could really dive deep into, but I think, yep. I think it's important just to highlight, especially for those who don't know much uh, about a lot of them, uh, just so it has a starting point. So I think that's, that's a good place to start there is um, just to get in something and don't, don't, you know, fear, don't let fear make you sell uh, at the bottom. I think is is crucial in the, in the stocks. What about real estate? I know uh, that's another kind of investment portfolio you can add, um, do you, do you recommend people doing real estate as well? Well, real estate kind of can become a job. Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, just the research that I started doing when I started my real estate mm -hmm. journey was kind of a part-time job. So if you think that it would be intellectually stimulating to learn about it, then I say, yeah, go for it, but don't go into it lightly and be like, okay, I want to buy a house um, and put your life savings into a rental <laughs> right. house um, because you can get burned. And I have purchased uh, a few properties that did not perform well. Right. And they, uh, I, I, thankfully I was able to sell them, but I, I have made bad real estate purchases. So you really have to be committed to learning if you're going to actually personally buy real estate. Mm -hmm. But there are kind of proxy ways that you can buy into the real estate market. One is through ETFs or, or actually they call them REITs, yep. real estate investment trusts. Uh -huh. And there's thousands of them. And essentially there's, they sell kind of like a stock. So a company that let's say buys mobile home parks, mm -hmm. They are, you know, a group of dudes who have a, a bunch of money and they, they buy mobile home parks. What they'll do is they'll sell shares of their company in a real estate investment trust so that people like me can go on E-Trade uh -huh. and buy shares of those REITs and so that I can share in some of the profits of those, uh, those ventures. Okay. Interesting. So that's, that's one way that you can buy into real estate. And you can also, if you're really interested in specific things, like if you wanted to buy um, uh, land that has oil wells on gotcha. it, there are reasons for that. Okay. If you wanted to buy uh, land with billboards on it, <laughs> there are reasons for that. If you huh. wanted to buy uh, um, you know, apartment buildings, if you wanted to buy commercial buildings, hotels, there, there is a REIT for pretty much any category of real estate that you want to get into. Right. And, and so it can be very fun. It can be profitable, but again, it comes with risk 
And like you were asking before, this is not recession proof. Back in the 2008 housing crisis, mm -hmm. when everything was imploding, uh, these REITs, for the most part, were doing horribly. Yeah. Okay. So what other type of, you know, portfolio investment opportunities are out there to, to plan for, you know, retirement or at least um, being self-sustained kind of financially? Well, one of my favorites is is also in the real estate category okay. and, and called um, uh, syndications. Okay. And essentially what that's like, it's kind of like a smaller or more personal version of a REIT. And what that is, is where somebody or uh, maybe a small group of investors wants to buy, like, for instance, an apartment building. Mm -hmm. What they will do is they will essentially create a, a syndication model where they will sell fractional shares of this investment to people like me. So I could buy into it. And I've done that on a few where, for instance, I've got one that's doing great in Colorado Springs. This this guy who I, I found and I trust, um, he bought um, with a whole bunch of people like me who gave him thousands and thousands of dollars, a, an apartment building in Colorado Springs and rents have gone parabolic <laughs> and it pays me an 8% dividend oh, wow. um, quarterly, but uh, on an annual mm. level, it's 8%. Yeah. But when, when the thing sells, when this apartment building sells, then I'm going to get all of my money back and more. And the first um, syndication that I did made me uh, a 23% annualized return. Wow. So that's really good. And you could consider something like this apartment buildings kind of, a counter recessionary. So mm -hmm. as the recession gets worse, people are going to lose their houses or want to move out of their houses or want to move out of expensive rental houses and are going to probably move into apartment buildings. And so apartment buildings probably, and there's a housing shortage as we've all right. been made aware. So these apartment buildings are probably going to perform very well if the economy continues to kind of go down. Yeah, go the way it's going. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. So is there anything else or those kind of the main ones that people should start kind of feeling around and learning about and, and trying to, to utilize for the future? Well, I mean, yes, the technically you, technically you can go and, and buy your own house. Right, right. And, and, and that is, yeah, like I say, that's an art and a science of, of itself. Yeah. But um, these syndications I find are a really great way to get into it because in general, if you do your due diligence and you find out that you have a person who is who's done it before and has a good track record, um, it's it's a it uh, at least for me has been a very safe, predictable way to make money. Gotcha. And they can go on like you said, e trade for those as well. Not no, for the syndications. No, not for the syndications. Okay. Those you have to go directly to the syndicator. Okay. And um, there's a whole bunch of SEC rules, and sometimes uh, you have to actually know them or have a pre-existing relationship with them. And so, what I started doing back in the day is I started listening to the Bigger Pockets uh -huh. podcast. This is here's a, this is a huge pro tip yeah. for you. I started listening to the Bigger Pockets podcast, and and I would listen to uh, when when they would have syndicators on. I would get their names. It's always in the show yeah. notes, and then I would call them and I'd say, "Hey, Dave." My name is Matt Franklin. I want to uh, be an investor in one of your next syndications. Uh, I know that we have to have a pre-existing relationship. Let's have a call. So we have a call. They write it down. I write it down. We maybe have a couple of chats every couple of weeks uh -huh. just to say hi. Yeah. So we build that relationship. Then six months later, he's going to buy an apartment building in, say, Colorado Springs. 
he says, Hey Matt, I got an opportunity for you. And then it's above board. We have a relationship. I can give him money. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then that was, that was how I met all the syndicators that I've worked with awesome. is through hearing them on podcasts and then just reaching out and saying, Hey man, I want to be your friend. So what's the average, you know, investment, if you wanted to get in the syndication part of things with real estate, usually the minimum, mm -hmm. the, 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 the very minimum is about 25 grand. Okay. So some of them are 50 and then some of them are a hundred. Okay. Um, like this one guy who I, I don't want to name any names yeah. just because I, I haven't talked to them, but this one guy, he, all his deals because he does so great and he has so many people who want to, who are just clamoring to give him their money. Uh, he, his minimums are a hundred thousand dollars, but if it's your first time buying with him, you he'll take 50. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's pretty cool. But yeah. So the returns, yeah. I mean, fairly good. And like you said, if they know what they're doing, it's pretty safe to to be involved with. Yeah, I mean, I can't comment in general. Yeah, and it's not investment advice. Yeah. But the ones that I've gotten involved with, because the track record is so easy to see, it's like, oh, you've done this, you've done this five times before. Mm -hmm. Average an eighteen percent return. This one, you're 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 predicting eight percent dividends, and then an overall sixteen percent return. To me, this looks great. You know, I'm 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 in. But in general, there are scammers out there too. So yeah. you gotta you gotta do with as with everything, you gotta do your due diligence. For sure, for sure. So okay, so there's a lot of different avenues you can take to start. You know, building that portfolio for retirement, um, or at least you know for a rainy day, or just for financial stability. So yep. so with all that being said, you know, where do you or how do you guide others to start? building that out i mean do you do you tell them to look in a specific area is there a plan to, like how does it work or 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 should they just kind of try to go and just get into what they think is interesting well the the first thing i tell people really is to to open that e-trade account yeah. the, you know because you're not going to have most of us when we start our business we're not going to have 25 grand sitting around right. so the thing is to just get started putting away money. Mm -hmm. And then what I, and this is kind of a big topic, but what I tell people is, and, and this is a, again, not original information, but you can buy a mutual fund or an ETF um, that's, that is essentially has every stock in the S and P 500 in it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a Vanguard uh, mutual fund or ETF called VT Sachs is the V this ticker symbol is VTSAX. And if you buy that mutual fund, you're buying a little piece of, of 500 different companies. Gotcha. So it, you are immediately diversified by doing that. And so, and you can just keep on buying in it, and, um, and you can do that through E-Trade. And so I tell people, just do that to get started. Yeah. Don't try to pick stocks. Don't like buy a Tesla and then an Apple and, you know, Netflix. Just just buy a, a mutual fund that is what they call an index fund that has a wide range of, of companies inside it and use that to start building your nest okay. egg. And then, then once you get to the point where you have a lot, then and we probably won't get too deep in the weeds on that, but then I recommend putting together a self-directed IRA, okay. which is a whole different thing. Uh, but so the, in the self-directed IRA enables you to invest in things outside of the stock market, things gotcha. like 
um, these uh, syndications and uh, actually even buying your own houses okay. in that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, I mean, it's important, I think to diversify and plan for this and um, because I mean, yeah, you don't want to work forever. You know, you don't want to trade no. your time for money forever. So if we can build, you know, these, these investment portfolios to part where eventually you can start utilizing them, you know, to live off of or, or whatever it might be, uh, then the, the, the sooner the better. Right. So Absolutely. Uh, so with that, like, how do I mean, how do they you've kind of mentioned weathering the storm a little bit more? Is there any other way? I mean, because, you know, some people might, especially where we're at right now, be a little nervous or hesitant to do any sort of investing, especially even if they have, you know, a little bit of cash. How can mm -hmm. how can you help them overcome that to, to really start increasing that? Well, ultimately, even it, it, in this weird time that we're in right now, even if you are too afraid to put your money into the markets, or if you are nervous to, to even, you know, look at real estate or any of the things that we've talked about, just saving cash isn't a terrible thing. That said, you have seen, as we all have, the inflation rate and what they call the CPI, the mm -hmm. Consumer Price Index. And uh, the last one was at eight and a half percent. And based on that, essentially, that means that that your hundred dollars that you put in the bank yeah. this year is going to be this time next year worth about ninety one dollars and fifty cents. Yep. OK, so if you're holding cash, the value is shrinking. Yep. OK, and you just need to be aware of that. And as you do hold on to your cash, you know, maybe now is too scary of a time. That's fine. There, are, I know, I know lots of really smart people who are holding money in cash right now. Yeah. No, not all of it, but but there's there's nothing wrong with holding. You know, having a cash, just basically like a war chest, mm -hmm. and then you know maybe next next winter things start to get better. Who knows? I I can't predict the future. Right. Having that what they call the dry powder, so mm -hmm. that you can invest confidently when you feel like you're ready to jump in uh, is nothing but a good thing. Yeah. Is there anything that's really in your opinion, obviously it's not advice or anything like that, but in your opinion or what you've seen right now, some what right now, something that's good to invest in, even despite, I know you said commodities would have been good a little bit uh, ago in, in the time when Russia started uh, anything right now that you'd be like, Oh yeah, that's what I would invest in. Um, just how everything's going or is it is it kind of like okay let's take a step back and everything well if i'm investing for the for the long mm -hmm. term for say the next 10 years um one thing one sector that i kind of like is anything related to uh electric vehicles mm -hmm. green energy stuff like that mm -hmm. because right now there's such a push from the administration on down to the high school campuses to greenify everything, mm -hmm. to make electric cars and to make windmills and to make solar panels. And we could get into a whole deep, deep debate on the environmental impact of the batteries that they're putting into the cars yeah. and whether or not that's really helping make the world a better place. Right. And the slave laborers in, laborers in Liberia who are digging up the the lithium to make this—I mean, we could we could spend all day on that. But 
electric cars are not going to go anywhere. Right. The whole green thing is not going to go anywhere. And you got to have like, for instance, these rare earth magnets, they, they're called neodymium mm -hmm. magnets used in generators for uh, like in these windmills. Mm -hmm. They are hard to find. Most of them come from China and their price is going to continue to go up as we build more windmills. Um, if, if you look at things like copper, cop, it takes a lot of copper to make an electric or electric car. Mm. Um, uh, you know, as, as I said before, lithium. So for me, if I were looking for a sector to invest in for the next 10 years, I would be looking at um, mutual funds and uh, ETFs that are kind of investing in the commodities that support the the the, the electrification. Movement. Gotcha. Okay. And in real estate, you said syndication was kind of your go-to or your your uh, better part of it. That's that's what I like yeah. because the other part about this the real estate syndication is that once you've given them your money, you don't have to do anything. You never go unclog a toilet. <laughs> You never have to paint the walls. Right. You never have to deal with the late tenants. There's a management company that takes care of everything. And so you just sit and cash checks, right. which is a, which is a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Yeah. That's definitely, uh, and I never even had known about the syndication stuff. So I, I learned that that was what I learned today, a big part of it. Cool. So that's cool. I'll definitely look into that. Cause you know, we've been looking into doing like long-term rental uh houses and getting into that it's just for for me it's it's the first time doing that and so i'm like is this the right time you know people are like oh the market's gonna crash and they're like no it's not it's to do it anyway so i'm like ah so um because we're yeah i want to diversify and get get into more passive revenue from it and, and be able to build that the Smart. retirement so yeah. trying to learn about it and and trying to take the right steps forward so um because it's important well I think. do you listen do you listen to the big yeah, bigger pockets? I do. Podcast? Yes, I do. Yeah, okay, yeah. And I have, uh, uh, I have their book too. Um, okay. Burr. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Josh, Josh Dorkin. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's great. Trying to learn. Um, and and so, but I think it's I think it's important to like we have stocks we're invested in some and just to diversify and um, trying to just prepare for for the the future and everything. So, um. Is there anything else maybe outside of like like the actual investment portfolios themselves that you uh, would suggest people think about or don't forget about when they're trying to build this retirement kind of nest egg? Yes. And this this uh, just a <laughs> warning. This is uh, half the people that hear this are going to think I'm a big fat dummy. <laughs> are going to agree with me but we live in a very interesting time in that we are about uh 12 or 13 years into the life of digital currencies specifically i'm talking about bitcoin mm -hmm. okay and right now bitcoin is in the toilet mm -hmm. and bit how to put this delicately um i have people in my life who think that it's a scam and that it's, it's the stupidest thing in the world. And that if you buy it, you are dumb. And I have also have friends who are buying it and who are wringing their fists like Mr. Burns because it's so cheap right, right now. I do believe, and this is not investment advice, but I tell my friends and family this, that a little tiny bit of your money should be 
housed in Bitcoin mm -hmm. because it offers the highest return to risk ratio, especially today when it's trading just under $20,000. Yeah. It offers the highest return to risk ratio of any investment in my life. Wow. And again, that doesn't mean that it's not risky. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it can't go up and way down. Right. But I believe that we are kind of like at the time in about 1998, 1999, when if we would have bought Amazon stock in 97, 90 and just held on to it, mm -hmm. okay, and maybe just kept buying a little bit of it, we'd all be millionaires right yeah. now. Okay. But we all saw it go down. We saw Amazon stock drop three different times where it went down and we were like, Oh, stupid Amazon. And I remember sitting, for an internet startup. And I remember sitting in, in our, in our conference room laughing at Amazon because those dummies are not making any money They're You know, their stock keeps going up, even though, you know, they're, they're losing money and they have to keep getting VC funds. And we laughed at them and laughed at them and laughed at them all the while. If we would have just bought 10 grand worth mm. and held it and just, then we would all be wealthy right yeah. now. I believe that we're in a similar point in time with Bitcoin in that it's this kind of, it's still kind of a laughing stock. People are, are getting a lot of joy out of it being in the toilet right. right now. But 10 years from now, when a hundred countries have made it legal tender, not just the Central African Republic and um, uh, El Salvador, when, when people are using it to buy their coffee, when, millions of people own it and there's still only going to be 21 million units i really do believe that you have the opportunity to seriously have outsized returns yeah so you think with so, that if if you were just even to buy one bitcoin so i mean you say on average twenty thousand dollars right to buy one bitcoin right. that's mm -hmm. even worth it uh, well even or if you can't afford twenty thousand because you, you can buy, buy fractions, fractions of it of okay that's what it. i thought yeah yeah it can go down to a, a one Satoshi, which is a hundred millionth okay. of a Bitcoin. So you can go to an exchange like Coinbase mm -hmm. or BlockFi or any of those exchanges that you see on the Super Bowl ads. Yeah. And you can buy 20 bucks worth if you want. And so it's kind of depends on, you know, how much you make, how much you have and how much you want to put away. But for me personally, um, I've been going nuts on it since it started heading downhill, just because I believe personally, and again, not investment right. advice, but I believe that it, and based on the, the economists that I listen to and that I respect, I believe that it is going to become a major, major, uh, store of value asset in across the globe mm. within 10 or so years. And that my choices that I made in 2021 and 2022, even though I'm late to the game, yep. will pay off in crazy, crazy fashion. And, yeah. And it's, it's interesting to, to me too. Like it's something I don't know a whole lot about. I've trying to educate myself a little bit more on it, but it's like, if it does become something like that, where it's really mainstream and accepted everywhere, like how, how does, how do like everyone get enough Bitcoin to just even purchase things? Like how would that even, would it start being like you pay, you get paid in Bitcoin from jobs or like it could be because like, you know, one Bitcoin, $20,000, not many people could do that. So how are they going to be able to purchase or things going to be like you said, like a millionth of a Bitcoin, the prices would be lower in Bitcoin. Is that how it kind of would operate? Well, yeah, it's kind of, it's just think of it like 
like a dollar. You mm-hmm. don't, if you wanted to buy a, a five cent piece of candy, you don't need to have the whole dollar. Mm-hmm. You can buy it with, with a nickel. Yeah. So if you needed to buy, say a, a bicycle that was $200 mm-hmm. and you could potentially have enough Bitcoin in your wallet that so that you had the equivalent of $200 worth. And then on your app, whatever app yeah. you use at the bike shop, you could buy that bicycle. Okay. The thing is, is that Bitcoin is going to be more of a network and the, and we didn't even talk <laughs> about, so I'm sorry, yeah. this is, but Bitcoin is going to be more like kind of the visa network. Uh-huh. Okay. What gives visa its power is the fact that it is in every store on planet earth. Mm. So my visa card I can use and I am using the equivalent of dollars and it is basically making a promise to the store that this bill will be paid because mm. when i when i swipe my card and i buy my six pack of beer <laughs> no money changes hands right. okay a couple of days later visa will pay the store 96 mm-hmm. percent of the bill that i paid mm-hmm. and, and every other thing that came in and then 30 days later i'll pay visa in dollars okay so it's just a, a promise system yeah Bitcoin has a network as well, and that is going to become a, a, essentially, we'll all be on the Bitcoin network, and I may not want to spend Bitcoin, but I'll be able to have an app that will send value over that Bitcoin network so I can spend dollars, Mm. and there's actually an app now called Strike that will enable you to pretty much do that. And so you will just use the Bitcoin, what they call payment rails, which is essentially just the network, Mm. to send value because i won't want to spend my bitcoin i will never want to spend it i'll just want to sit and and hold on to it but i will want to you know buy stuff from the the guy in el salvador you know the t-shirt from the guy using bitcoin but i'll be able to just basically turn dollars into bitcoin on the on the network then he'll turn his those bitcoins into what his dollars or pesos or whatever Uh and and it will essentially will use those Bitcoin rails, but I won't really give him any of my Bitcoin. I'll give him the equivalent of, you know, $10 uh-huh. in Bitcoin that will all be taken care of with the app. Interesting. Then that was a yeah. super ham definition. No, but, of very no, but I think it, it brings up a really good point with this whole thing of, you know, strategies for retirement. I mean, because you, you mentioned Amazon back in the day, people scoffed at it. And, and, mm-hmm. and they missed out um, and the internet, everything like we have to kind of be open-minded to that. And, yes, and because new the, the things are going to innovate and things are going to change whether we like it or not. And so if we can see that and, and get in, in some form or fashion, it's going to set us up better for the future. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and if we're, and I've seen this among, I mean, you're, you're young, I'm, I'm old, I'm in my <laughs> early fifties. I see this among my friends where we get this rigidity of thought where it's like, I'm 50 years old. I know it all. I've seen it all. I, you know, I saw the 87 crash and I saw the 2008, blah, blah, blah. I know it all. And so a lot of people are having that mental rigidity where they're not being open to, okay, wait a minute, this whole Bitcoin thing came out of nowhere and I keep denying mm. it and I keep saying it's stupid because I'm rigid and I'm, and I don't have the intellectual curiosity to learn about it. Yeah. And I was the same way in 2017 when I bought my first Bitcoin, yeah. I was like, 
okay. As soon as it went down, I was like, oh, I, I got scared and I sold it because oh, okay. I didn't have the curiosity to study it and learn about it. Yeah. Now that I've learned about it, I'm realized, oh man, I would never sell, or at least not not now. Right. Because I understand better the whole intrinsic value and because I'm not being rigid rigid and closed-minded. Yeah. And it's just like uh, you know crypto you know nfts web3 like all this stuff it's just like there's so much to learn too which a lot of people don't want to do because it's, yes. it's a lot of energy and a lot of time to try to figure it all out but i think it'll be worth it in the end so uh and i think that, like i said it, it, with anything with retirement strategies is just you have to be open-minded take a little bit of a chance and mm -hmm. and not let that fear even stop you from you know, investing into something. I mean, you might take a loss, but you can you can bounce back, and and I think that's the big, especially in entrepreneurship, we're used to that. So we got to yeah, keep absolutely. with that. Yeah. Just tr try to make the best calculated decision, and if, if it works out, great. If not, you know, pivot and and take the next step forward. So absolutely. So this has been really good. I think it gives a lot of people, especially if they haven't really thought about it, a good kind of starting point stepping off point in, in the different abilities uh the different portfolio assets that are out there um to really start kind of learning about and, and you know talking to spouses about and, and talking to to people they um cherish the knowledge of to get ideas and direction with um so i so i appreciate you diving in and and covering these in a high level we could do an episode on each one of these uh more in depth and probably a series on well definitely a series on each of these so obviously um i appreciate how you articulated and, and walked us through a lot of this um is there any kind of final thought or things that you would want people to understand about saving for retirement well you know you you mentioned uh your spouse mm. okay or the idea of bringing your spouse in and i think that when when you when as an entrepreneur one of the hardest things to deal with is your your mate mm. because your mate may not have the same risk tolerance mm -hmm. that you do as an entrepreneur we kind of are like a burn the boats you know <laughs> let's, let's go for yep. it you know i can eat rice for the next six months while i get my business up mm -hmm. but if you have a you know your mate or your spouse or whatever it's very important with just with your business to have them aligned on what your what your view is mm -hmm. okay they even if they're not as risk tolerant as you are making sure that they can see the vision yeah. because we a lot of times we have the vision but it's just kind of here on our desk yeah. we have down and we're not sharing what the, what we believe is going to happen in six months or what we would like to happen and so i believe that bringing not necessarily bringing them into the business mm -hmm. but making sure that they can see what the vision is and that they have that same vision so that they can understand why you're working that extra four hours tonight and tomorrow night yep. and saturday yep. night. and then part b to that is bringing them in to the the whole idea of doing a little bit of savings, especially early on, so that you can have that vision of what you want your retirement to look like. Mm -hmm. And both having that same vision, it's like, hey, I want to, at age 65, when I'm 65 and you're 63, I want us to be able to take an RV across the country, you know, um, or, or whatever, but have that vision um, articulated both for your business and for your retirement 
and shared with your with your mate and it'll make your whole life way way better yeah, absolutely that's a great point and a good one to end on uh one one question i do kind of just want to ask just for out of curiosity and to kind of in on a happy or a, not a not that it hasn't been happy but uh <laughs> just a different note uh, for you matt i'm just curious what do you do for fun outside of investing and talking about it and your production company and everything like that any um, hobbies well, I, I play uh, in a couple of bands oh, cool so yeah so like uh weekend warrior old men bands one one what we play yacht rock um, oh nice like basically like 70s uh -huh. kenny Loggins yeah. stuff and then another band that plays kind of 90s music cool. and um we play in bars and uh, do that that's and awesome. that's kind of how i get my fun but mostly i do a lot of work yeah and i enjoy that that's good what instrument do you play uh, i play guitar awesome. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, if we don't have anything, we enjoy, you know, hobbies like that, you know, as entrepreneurs. And I think we, we kind of lose sight of the the purpose of, of enjoying the work, you know, because uh, it gives you the opportunity to, to play and do that. And uh, so I, I just, I'm always curious what people's hobbies are, but I appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate you diving in this topic and uh, to end things out, where can people find you, connect with you and uh, maybe seek out more advice from you? Okay, well, uh, the best place to find me is uh, my podcast, and it's Rogue, R-O-G-U-E, Rogue Retirement Lounge. And uh, also, you can find me at rogueretirementlounge.com. Uh, and on Twitter, uh, I'm uh, my Twitter handle is Lounge Rogue. I don't know how that even came to be. <laughs> I'm, I'm not very active on Twitter or social media. But, um, but yeah, the podcast is the best place to kind of learn about uh, stuff related to this. Sure. And... Um, yeah, that's it. Cool. Well, yeah, definitely. Everyone, make sure you uh, one go subscribe to Elevate Your Brand, but then head over next to Rogue yes. Retirement Lounge and get get connected and, and subscribe there as well. Um, but again, Matt, we appreciate you today, and and thanks so much for being on Elevate Your Brand. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. That was a lot of fun. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well.